Okay, welcome back to another episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. In this episode, I spoke with Christian, the founder of a brand new social media network called Filter. It's a brand new social media platform aiming to realign the visions of what a social media should be. And that is an excellent way to connect with people. And specifically in this case, personal development. So we talk about how he has witnessed the evolution of modern social media platforms becoming intrusive companies that influence many decisions that we make, as well as selling our data and how Filter can grow with an alternative business model that doesn't focus and doesn't have to focus on those bad things that, that, we, that we talk about. And also why he believes social media has become a negative space when many of them started with good intentions and the same intentions also of what of what Filter started with, which is, which is quite ironic. And also how he plans to take on the big tech industry with his alternative business model and why he thinks that this is the perfect time for us as consumers to shift social media behaviors. It's an absolutely fascinating conversation focusing around you know why social media is currently bad and why Filter is coming up at the right time to battle all these challenges and you know problems that we've seen with modern social media. At the end of the day, these big social media companies are gigantic. Most of them are on the stock market. They have to you know have positive growth for shareholders. They are colossal, and so they have to try find many different ways to to get revenue and, and create profitability. And so with all of that, you know, different people within the business, they've, they've lost their way in a, in a sense. And so that's why I think this conversation is really, really, you know, insightful into the world of social media and why they've become the way that they have and how Filter aims to kind of firstly navigate those challenges, but also turn to something that isn't bad and negative social media platforms. So it, it's, it's so, so interesting. So that brings me to this week's shout out. So in case you don't know, every week I'm giving a shout out to someone who's left a written review on Apple Podcasts as a way of saying thank you. So in this week, I'm giving a shout out to the bio entrepreneur who says cool stories, really interesting stories of so many entrepreneurs. I enjoyed listening to them, spill the beans and share their insights. Thank you so much for that comment. Uh, really means a lot that you're, that you're learning a lot from, from you know entrepreneurs on the podcast. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. So if you want to feature in the next episode in the form of a shout out, be sure to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts with your name and I'll give you a shout out in the next episode. I give you my word. <laughs> so without further ado, let's go on the episode. Hey Christian, how you doing? I'm very well, yourself? Yeah, really good, thanks. I'm really looking forward to this episode. We're like, before we hit record, we are talking for quite a long time about like just everything about social media really and just like big tech, which is like, oh, I find just really interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting subject and in looking at how it's developed over the last sort of 10 years or so. Yeah, because I guess we were talking about how like we're both, well, I'm early 20s. You were you were like mid 20s, right? Yeah, I'm sorry. We were talking about how when we grew up, we didn't have social media. Like when we were, I guess, children and didn't really come around until, I mean, I had MSN, but that wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't really compar- comparable to the social media that you get now. So it's like... A lot of children now are literally growing up on, I know we're going quite deep very quick, but you know, that's just the way we roll on this channel. Like a lot of the children just are growing up with social media now and it's, it's like, yeah, it's really toxic to a lot of them. Well, it was like I was saying, like social media is designed to maximize engagement and so it's quite addictive. In fact, it's incredibly addictive and you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't let your children drink alcohol or do drugs, but social media is equally as addictive and it's definitely something we need to be looking at and questioning whether it's because especially with the development of children and development of their brain if they they've got that right from the word go 
it's um, it could have long term effects. So it's it's definitely something we should be looking at more closely in our society. Yeah, I mean they've they've literally built these things like like casinos, right? Like the the psychology involved is the same as like the psychology that would be involved in designing a casino. A hundred percent. But the thing is, I guess, in all fairness, social media has come around so quickly and it seemed like such a force for good at the beginning. You can see why governments and policymakers have been perhaps slow to catch up with controlling it because it just it took everyone by surprise. And it's been, you know, in many ways, a force for good that it sort of shrouded the more sinister side to it. And I think it's only now that people are probably waking up and realizing that. I guess your story, I know we jumped in very deep, very quickly. <laughs> Let's slow down for a sec. Like, so the, all that stuff, you probably realized it because you've built something around this whole like problem area. And you're kind of going back to the core of what social media should be in its essence. So I guess before going into your idea itself, I guess like just paint the picture of how you realized all these problems and like how your journey brought you to where you are today with, with Filter. I mean, I sort of came upon it backwards, you know, filter developed organically. And then when I was trying to solve problems with the idea itself, I sort of came upon this realization of this could be perhaps a different form of social media, something that's more positive and progressive and, you know, doesn't have all these sort of inbuilt weaknesses and issues that pretty much all most modern social media platforms have because of their business model. but. Um, I can certainly, join me, shall I start and just tell you the whole story of how I came up with Filter? Yeah, go on. Story time. Story time. <laughs> well, I used to work for a, a Chinese um, automotive company, and that used to take me out to Shanghai once or twice a year. And, you know, I couldn't stress enough how good traveling, particularly on your own, is um, if you are sort of a budding entrepreneur, because, you know, you're out, you're out of your comfort zone, you're seeing different cultures. And especially because you're alone, you have time to look at things and reflect and perhaps see problems and opportunities. And, you know, I came up with a lot of my best ideas whilst traveling, particularly in sort of in East Asia. But so, yeah, so back to the story. I was in Shanghai and, and Shanghai is, you know, it's a very inaccessible city as a Westerner. You don't have Google or Facebook because they're banned. And most people don't speak English. Um, so if you want to make the most of a city and find the best sort of bars and restaurants and clubs, it's, it's very, very difficult. Um, but I was really fortunate because within on my first night out in Shanghai, I met a local and we became really good friends. And because of that one interaction, it completely transformed my experience of that city. And every time I went back, because they always told me the best bars, the best clubs, the best restaurants. And I had just an unbelievable experience in that city that just wouldn't have been possible if I hadn't have met that person. So it sort of that was the beginning of it when I realized, wow, when you're not at home, surrounded by all your friends and you're in your comfort zone, it makes you really realize how important meeting new people is and how much of a big impact that can have on like you, the opportunities you have in your life. So then fast forward a little bit on the same trip, I found myself in Tokyo and again, I was, you know, on my own in a bar talking to some new people and I met a person who was really interesting, who lived in Bangkok and worked in telecommunications. And again, it sort of struck me. I was like, wow, this guy, you know, he could probably tell me loads about where to live in Bangkok or give me ex like um, good recommendations of companies to work for within telecommunications, for example. But anyway, I got back home 
And the next day I went to look at him on Facebook and I realized I'd forgotten his name and I couldn't find him. And it, it struck me. I was like, it's ridiculous. Why can't you filter on when and where you meet people? And so that was the beginning of filter, like as a, almost like as a traveler's app. So you can keep track of all the people you meet on your travels. But then I sort of took it a step further and I was thinking about, well, why can't you just filter on people's skills and interests as well? And that's pretty much where it stops. Like I frantically typed it all out on an A4 um, Word document and it sort of sat there for like a couple of years whilst I had other business ventures, like doing an Amazon FBA business and writing business plans for like electric vehicle ecosystem startup and one thing or another. And, and then I picked it up and started thinking about it again. And after many, many long walks around the common near my flat, I sort of took the idea further. And this brings us sort of back to what we were talking about earlier, is that, you know, just as a, if it was just a traveler's app where you can filter on when and where you met people, nothing would bring you back to that app other than to check the people you met. So you would have to have a news feed. And if you have a news feed, you then fall into the trap of all the other social media platforms of then monetizing people's attention, which inevitably leads to, you know, not necessarily the best result for the user because ultimately they're not the customer, they're the product. So I wanted to be different. And then I thought more deeply about, well, okay, you know, if you're filtering and you can search for people by their skills and interests and you can bring people with similar skills and interests into your life, you know, that that sort of lends itself quite well to being like a, a personal development type of platform, something that allows you to evolve yourself by bringing more people with similar interests into your life. And so that's sort of where it started. Then I decided from that point that Filter was going to be a platform about improving the lives of its users through meeting like-minded people. Um, and and it sort of, yeah, it sort of kept evolving from there. Um, but that's that's the core of the business is and trying to be standing, standing, you know, I sort of see it as social media is one thing, you know, it's people consuming media. And then you've got sort of like, LinkedIn, which is sort of like professional, you know, you can find jobs and stuff, but it's still end being you have a news feed and it's not really that dissimilar from sort of social media now. And what I'm trying to do, I call it social development. So it's it's the good bits of perhaps social media, but then trying to trying to negate all the bad bits as far as possible. It is it is like no, it's super interesting. And it's like I suppose as as an outsider to a lot of like uh, social media apps, and I guess seeing them evolve over the years, it you can you can clearly see how they've 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 developed and like they developed from I guess more of an idealistic standpoint. And I I think like they probably started and originated from a similar sort of journey to you actually, ironically, and like. But as as you know, money's got involved. As different you know shareholders have got involved, like they they've really like lost their way to the point where they get so much scrutiny. Like WhatsApp's been in the news crazy amounts of times because they're like because their their data. Facebook's meddling in elections allegedly. So it's like all of this stuff has has started from these platforms that had pretty genuine interests. But that's it, you know. These you know, if you watch the Facebook movie or whatever, it looks like these were guys sort of just having fun, messing around with tech in its early days and and creating something. And, you know, obviously these things grew 
really rapidly and had phenomenal engagement. But I do, like you say, I think it came from a very idealistic, fun place of just wanting to connect people. And there's no question that social media has done good in the world. But then, like you say, when you get shareholders and money's involved, and the biggest flaw with social media is the fact that at the end of the day, for them to make money, they have to monetize it. And the way they do that is by increasing people's engagement and adverts. And the problem is that isn't necessarily a positive thing for the user. Um, and so ultimately, they are profiting out of your time on that platform. So they want to they want you to be on there as much as po- possible. And so you end up being the product and, and not the customer. Um, and like you say, I mean, um, with Facebook and filter bubbles and um, and the way that I, I was telling you earlier about a book that I read called Zucked, which is a very, very good book. And he does talk about um, sort of how Facebook was used by, you know, a small group of people in Russia to make fake accounts, which then because you have such a huge reach on Facebook and the way in which um, sort of divisive content and potentially even fake news type content gets a lot more engagement. It only takes a few accounts sharing, you know, fake news or very divisive content to influence a huge number of people on social media within within these filter bubbles. And so, and this is what he talks about in the book, how policymakers haven't really had chance to wake up and see the power of this and the way in which it can af- affect our democracy, essentially. And I think we probably see it in the US at the moment is just how divided that country is. And I think a big part of the blame can be put at the feet of the social media platforms. Yeah, no, I completely agree. With you. Like the like the US and a lot of other countries are very polarized right now. And I think, uh, yeah, social media is, is like a direct sort of culprit of that. But I guess to take a different point of view, and I think this is an important one to take, is that these companies they have to make money at the end of the day. Like as a company, you you have to, and I guess to grow, you have to make money also. And it's like the only way to gain that level of like audience, uh, sorry, to gain that level of, yeah, I guess it is audience, gain that level of people on the site, it has to be free. If you you make like Facebook, if you have to put like a a monthly membership on it, like the user base is going to decrease massively. You get, you you kind of understand it to a point. And I guess, I guess, for for you, that's kind of going to be a massive challenge. I feel well, right. You, well, yeah, you bring me nicely onto like the business model of filter, and I've come up with you know numerous different business models. But the one I settled on, it's quite um, a unique business model in in many ways. But I think it actually drives what I'm saying about trying to not profit from the users and them being the customers. And it's it's like I was saying earlier, like with. If you have lots of, you know, if you have people on a profile and they have skills and interests and people can reach out to you with requests and wanting to connect, the issue with that is, is it's susceptible to spamming. So, you know, one person could just reach out to a load of people who are interested in a specific thing and, you know, whether they're trying to sell to them or whatever, um, and that would completely ruin the platform. So my first thought was, well, how would you stop that? And I was like, well, maybe if you had to pay to reach out to someone. So that was the first thought. And then the second thought is because part of Filter, the idea is that you can make small groups because the the whole point of the platform is so that you can actually build genuine relationships with new people who share your interests. 
Um, and the best way to build a relationship with someone is, you know, not within a Facebook group of like hundreds, if not thousands of people is within small groups, probably between like, you know, 10 or 20 people, you can actually get to know those people. So the premise of filter is that you can add people, uh, you can create a group with a purpose and you can add people into your group. And if they accept and they want to join this group that has this purpose to discuss, you know, social media marketing or entrepreneurship or whatever, they'd have to pay a pound to accept. And the good thing about that is, is they wouldn't pay that pound unless they were serious about taking part. So it means you don't have people in your group that are essentially going to be time wasters. But it also would cost you a pound if they accept. So that also means you're not going to be reaching out to loads of random people. You're actually going to take time, look at their profile and think, yeah, this seems like the sort of guy that'd be interested in engaging with me. So that so weirdly, the business model for the platform is also the premise of the platform that stops it becoming, you know, sort of toxic in the first place or stops it devaluing because of people spamming each other and actually encourages engagement. So, yeah, that's that's the business model as it stands. It's something a bit different. Yeah, it is a bit different. I guess I guess like a big challenge for you is that with social media, you need you need some level of like critical mass, right? You need like otherwise it won't be attractive to new users. So and if and if you are putting like and this is this is the challenge. This is why like these these social media channels aren't charging their their users. It's because they want to they want to get as many people onto the site as possible. So do you think that's that's feasible? Like I don't, I'm not trying to like challenge your business model too much. This isn't like a pitch or whatever, but it's just interesting. It's no, it's definitely a challenge. Um, and I thought, you know, when you sign up, you get £10 free credit or whatever, and you get £10 when you invite one friend. Uh, it'd be an invite only community initially. Um, but you are right. I mean, that is a small barrier. But at the same time, a pound isn't enough that. If you told me I could have a group of 10, you know, other entrepreneurs at my stage, I have an accountability partner and the amount of value he's added to my life and hopefully vice versa over the last year is massive. And I thought if I thought I could have 10 of them, you know, a pound, I wouldn't think twice about. Um, but so but you are right. It is a big challenge for the platform is how you scale, because like I said, if it's any skill or interest, the potential audience is ridiculously broad. And that is my current sort of biggest challenge is where to start because I've sort of come about it backwards rather than starting with a, with a customer, I've started with a problem and then trying to find a customer for it. Um, where I'm at at the moment is I sort of think entrepreneurs are a really good place to start because like I said, I really want the culture on the platform to be one of sort of selflessness where you, you, you're expecting people to reach out to you but also the same back. So you would reciprocate and, you know, so it's, it's important that the people on there have that mindset of by helping others, you're helping yourself sort of thing. And that, again, it's trying to create a completely different culture to that which is on social media, which is about, you know, sort of showing off, look at me, this is my life. Um, and trying to create something that's much more about, much less about showing off and pretending and much more about taking action, improving your life and those around you life. Um, so, but hundred percent, it's definitely a challenge, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to focus on entrepreneurs initially, make it invite only and try and grow it from that. Cause you know, Facebook and this, it's, it's difficult growing social media platforms. It's not really like any other business where you can sort of just reach out to, 
you know, if you're solving a particular problem, you can approach their company, you can speak to them, um, understand their problem. And, you know, you've got firsthand experience, but with social media, it's, it's a lot harder. I mean, Facebook in the early days, I guess they had Harvard and that was a great little space. You want to, you know, you want something that a lot of people within a small, uh, small group absolutely love. And Facebook was good because like they show it in the film when um, he figures out having a relationship status, you know, that added an enormous amount of value to the platform because it just meant all the people could just quickly look up and see if that girl was in a relationship or not. So, yeah, it's for me, it's finding that Harvard, so to speak, and finding that relationship status and making a clear value proposition for people um, that they're prepared to buy into. Just a, just a quick side note, because I always, I always find the story of Facebook so funny, like how they've come from, I guess, a, a site where you can rate like women on your <laughs> yeah. campus. That's what it was yeah. to, to a company now that I guess influences elections and who's in power. I find that so like, like it's, it is funny in a way you have to, you have to, I mean, yeah. I completely agree. It's like almost ironic, isn't it? It's just something so just silly students messing around doing something that, you know, isn't really, you know, politically correct or rating women and stuff, but ends up being probably one of the biggest and most influential companies in the world. Yeah, it's, it's, it is amazing. You you touched on something earlier and you talk about how social media was kind of invented to be social, but I guess now it's more sort of, well, yeah, it's focused on an engagement, but there is a culture on social media of, I guess, it's more around, it's more, it's made us more, I guess, individualistic. And we had, we had someone on the podcast previously, um, Sam Harris, if you're listening, big shout out to you because I know this, he listens. He, and he's creating a social podcasting app and a big sort of challenge that he's he's like, I guess, a big problem that he's hitting on is that social media isn't really social anymore. It's more sort of about me, me, me mm. and just let me show off to followers and stuff. And I guess, like, why do you think that's happened? It, it, it's, it's a weird sort of evolution on social media because it wasn't meant to be like that. I feel social media is, it's very much about consumerism, isn't it? You know, we live in capitalist societies and that's great for better, for worse. But I think it, it exaggerates that to a certain extent. And, you know, when you live in sort of capitalist side of societies, people like to show off and show the things they have. And it, it brings out the worst in people and it accentuates all of that. And, you know, especially with the advertising on there and stuff, it, it sort of just really pushes the worst bits of like our consumerist culture. And, and, th- and something I really think is that, you know, consumerism, it doesn't actually make people happy. Um, and if you look at like the average happiness over the last sort of 50 years, it's it sort of been slowly declining. And, you know, the things that really make people happy is like having meaning and purpose in their lives and, and, and friends and family. Those are like the number one things. And I think that's a huge issue with social media is that it sort of tricks you into thinking that you have lots of friends and it sort of tricks you into thinking that you have meaning and purpose and whatever, but but, but you really don't. And um, again, I think that's, it's, it's becoming detrimental for, for, for young people all over the world. And I think we're just starting to see those effects. And again, that's something I'd really like to try and address with Filter is sort of have a platform that, you know, I feel that through meeting people that share your interests, you can slowly gravitate towards perhaps a type of work 
that you do find meaning in and that you are passionate about. And hopefully it reduces the obstacles over time of allowing you to gravitate towards doing work that you really care about and, you know, having perhaps a more meaningful life. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's probably quite a long road to go, but I think it's 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 a significant problem in the world that probably needs lots of budding entrepreneurs to try and address. Christian and I talked about the pain points and really focused on those with, with modern social media. So you could talk about stuff around consumerism, like happiness, mental health problems, addiction, you know, so many pain points that exist with, with modern social media. So a question I really wanted to pose to Christian was around as a new as a new social media company, how will he firstly navigate these challenges as well as stop him his his own social media becoming and evolving into you know the 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 monsters <laughs> that you see today well it's it's like we said at the beginning you know um money talks and you know gravity push stuff push pushes things down so to speak so if your company set up in such a way that the only way to monetize it is through people's attention so facebook is the natural end result when you set up a company in that manner. And that's why, you know, I want to make a platform where you have to pay for it. But, you know, because of the business model, I said, you're paying is sort of a premise. It's a central part of the platform to stop spamming on one thing or another. But because you're paying for it, you're then the customer rather than on Facebook you being the product and by making that switch then allows my platform to focus entirely on my customers who are my users and that means that you know we can put all our energies into actually solving all these things and and thinking of how we can improve their lives you know rather than thinking about how we can profit from them and and just by increasing engagement essentially so it's 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 the way in which it's conceived and not so much trying to fix it down the road like facebook could never do this because it's gone too far you know that's what it is um so it's trying to start on the right foot essentially i guess the last question for me because i feel like this is probably a big one how does it feel i guess taking on big tech because these are these boys these guys are huge like they're they're colossal i don't feel like people realize their scale sometimes they are absolutely massive companies that their their costs are not increasing in line with their revenues they are incredibly scalable they're incredibly ferocious they're so aggressive like how how does it feel taking on these guys I mean, it feels fantastic, to be honest, like, there's nothing more I'd rather do. You know, it's to me, it's a really worthy cause. And I don't really see that they could sort of just wipe me out. Because, as I say, what I'm doing is so completely different. It starts on a very different foot to where they're coming from. Um, and yeah, I guess it's it's daunting. But I say, I always say to my accountability partner, I want to make Mark Zuckerberg cry. Um and you know, I think it's 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 it, of course it's hard, but when you if you can see that there's dissatisfaction out there with what something's become, and I, I whether it could become as big as Facebook, I don't know. It would be nice if it could, if, especially if it's something that promotes you know positive things within people and not so much addiction, but going out and improving yourself and um, building communities and making friends. I mean, you know, not many people actually make friends on Facebook. You might connect with 
most people just connect with existing friends and then absorb all of their content. Um, and, you know, so, I mean, obviously it's a big challenge and it's difficult to perhaps, so it's, what I'm trying to do feels good. Doing it obviously is a lot harder. Um, trying to grow a social platform from the beginning is is definitely not an easy task. And I can very much see that. And I know I've got quite a long battle ahead of me. Um, but like, and you know, there's been times where I thought, I just, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But recently I've been, because it's sort of the process of me doing this, it started with me developing the idea and the vision and all this. And I was so excited and so G'd up about this idea that I'm like really, really passionate about and can see the massive benefit it can have in the world and then came the work and there's basically spent sort of nine months i sort of was trying to learn to code to build it and then i ended up building it on a no code platform which i've pretty much sort of done but then that sort of like a long period of time of just grinding it out and doing the hard work and not actually thinking about your vision for a very long time and i sort of lost the momentum with it briefly um and then recently i picked it started reading all my sort of old notes and stuff on my vision of the company and where I want it to be. And it sort of re-energized me again, thinking, yeah, this is a really worthwhile thing to try and do. And, you know, of course it's not going to be easy, but there's definitely a problem there. And it's definitely something that's worth waking up every day and trying to fix. It might not be in the way in I think it's going to be, but it's worth working towards at least. If we had, if we had another sort of like half an hour, I'd love to discuss like the mindset that you've, I guess, come over, like, because it, it's, it sounds like it was a really interesting like journey in terms of like how you overcame those mental and personal sort of like challenges and obstacles to, to get to where you are now. And I feel like, I feel like it. it's a constant grind. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> I was going to say, that's what I was going to say. I guess what I want to say to you, Christian, before, before we stop recording is that I feel like now more than ever consumers and also users of social media mm are becoming more educated. They're becoming more aware of the effects that, that these these sites are having on both their, their mental health and their relationships with people. And I feel like now the, the, the loyalty to these, to these companies is, is probably at an all-time low because, like, I mean, the, the proof, you can read it in the news. Like, when, when WhatsApp announced, you know, data, they're going to share their data with Facebook, what did people do? Like, loads of people just abolished the site. They just went, they went over to Signal. Yeah. And I think... One of them. <laughs> I, haven't, I, haven't seen that, I haven't seen something like that before. And I think if you see that sort of, you know, mass adoption to a company that doesn't sell data, like it does pave the road for for other social medias like yourselves who could, who could you know, I'd take like, the baton from them. I'd like to think so. I think the time is right. I think the dissatisfaction in people's, in the users is, like you say, an all-time high. And yet, I still use Instagram. You know, I got off, I, 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 haven't, I deleted the Facebook app years ago and haven't re-downloaded it. But I still use Instagram and there's sometimes where I don't feel like working and I find myself scrolling endlessly. And it's a horrible feeling, you know. A, it kills all the momentum you have. And B, you just sat there sort of just aimlessly scrolling and you just think, God, why am I doing this? And as someone that likes to feel, you know, in control of their lives all the time, it's you know, it, you, it's very obvious that you're not in that moment of time. And it, and I think, you know, as you say, people are becoming more and more aware of it. Um, 
And like, I, well, that's what I hope. I really hope the time's right. If I can get this to a, you know, some form of a scale where people see this as another option, um, I've, I think the adoption would be great. Um, I've just got a long way to go, I think, until I can get it to a to a, to a scale. But uh, I will try. Well, <laughs> if anyone's if anyone is listening, uh, do follow us on Insta. Do follow us on Instagram. <laughs> um no i'm just joking well yeah also do follow us but um okay so let, let, i think we should just wrap it up there because it's it's really so interesting uh listening to this and you know we could debate about social media for for ages i feel because it is something that a lot of people get worked up about including myself i feel like yeah it is a really important part of our society now that i feel like needs to get challenged and and these conversations are really good obviously so I really, you know, want to thank you, Christian, for coming on, speaking about your your startup, and I wish you all the best of luck. How can people stay in touch with you and stay in touch with with Filter in the meantime? Well, firstly, thanks for having me on. It's it's been a brilliant experience just talking through all this stuff with you. It's great to hear it out loud, sort of thing. When it spins around your head, it's nice to have this conversation with someone. Um, but yeah, no, I've built a landing page, so it's www fltr that's filter search.com so yeah please have a look at my landing page there's a sort of an engagement area where you can comment to let me know what you think about it um and the the website will be going live very shortly so um if you request for access on there you can get on and uh, start using it and give me some feedback they won't say your data little message for you there all right it's not my uh not my product (laughs) (laughs) exactly all right thank you so much christian again and uh i'm sure we'll speak soon thank you again fantastic good speaking with you thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for listening to the very end of the podcast episode it really means a lot that you stayed to the very end and i hope that you've learned so much around you know social media the ills of social media and how how filter is going to remedy all of those So if you like this episode, if you enjoyed it, please be sure to leave a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts because it really, really helps me out, you know, more than you can imagine. (laughs) And as a way of saying thank you, I'll give you a shout out in the next episode. Um, Share with your friends and also follow us on on our Instagram. It feels a bit ironic giving giving that uh, at the end of an episode where we talk about the bad stuff of social media, but there you go. Uh, Yeah, follow us on Instagram. That's where all the new episodes get announced along with all the previews and all that good stuff. Uh, You do not want to miss those new episodes that come out. So uh, thanks again for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.